thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so thrilled to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. Thank you for joining us. And we're expecting great things. I love something, and we we may touch into this later in the episode. We'll see if we get there or not. Sometimes we just don't get there. (laughs) But I love something that Oral Roberts would say. He said, every day miracles are coming to you or going past you. Well, today we're laying hold of that miracle power. Amen. And that's what we're believing for, for you. And uh, we say that you're going to receive answers for your life, help for your life, and miracle power, healing power flowing. Amen. We started last week in the previous episodes teaching on the subject of faith because it never gets old. And not only that, as we teach on faith, we better learn our part. And faith is our part. Believing is our part. Power is God's part. But believing is our part. And so uh, I never get tired of hearing faith taught. So we never want to become casual toward this wonderful subject of faith because it's more than a subject, it's our lifestyle. And so uh, we were talking about in previous episodes that faith is part of our spiritual foundation, Uh that uh, we have to make sure that our faith is fortified, that it's healthy, it's in place, because um, no foundation, uh, if if something is missing in the foundation, then something will be lacking in what you can build. And so we want to make sure that we can go, that our our life can, if I could say this, God can build everything of his plan in our life. And it's going to depend on him getting our cooperation in helping lay the foundation of the word in our life. And faith is such a vital part of that foundation. So we go back and we check, uh, check up on our faith. Are we in faith? Are we, are we hearing the word that's going to cause faith to come. But faith comes by hearing, but faith is not released by hearing. Are we releasing our faith? Well, how do we release our faith? Through what we say and through what we do. So we can say, well, I'm hearing faith taught. You know, I'm, I, I know what God teaches on in his word about faith, but that doesn't mean we're releasing our faith. So we have to check up on it. Amen. We were looking at one of our, one of our main texts is found in Jude and there's only one chapter in Jude, but we're looking at verse 3, Jude verse 3, and uh, it reads, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you 
that you should earnestly contend for the faith. Look at this. You should earnest. You. This isn't on God's side. This is on our side that we earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And I like that phrase, which was once delivered unto the saints, the genuine article of faith, the original version of faith, Not, nothing diluted, nothing watered down, nothing that the doctrines of men have uh, altered, but the original version of faith. Amen. And so um, we have to see around this word faith. It says earnestly contend. Earnestly contend, meaning we don't float into a robust faith. We get there because we took purposeful steps and uh, we took actions that would cause us to have a faith that is robust, that's strong, and a faith that never fails. Jesus referred to faith. He called it, 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 on a couple of occasions, he spoke to those he ministered to and said they had great faith. He said to his disciples, Oh, you have little faith. So see, he's talking about measures of faith that we can have a greater faith or we can have a lesser faith based on how we treat our faith. God gives to every man the measure of faith. He he gives us a measure of of his own faith. But how we treat that faith is going to determine much of how far we can go with some things God has for us. Um, And when I see this, notice this, it says earnestly contend. These are such active words. They're not passive words. They're active words. Earnest, if we're earnest about something, we're highly interested in it. Well, we're highly interested in having a faith that is ever growing, as Paul said. He said, your faith groweth exceedingly. So um, we're interested that we have that version of faith. Amen. Amen. So sometimes people think they have faith issues when they really need to stir up their interest. Just be more interested in what God has provided for you. Be more interested in it. What God has made yours, be more interested in it. Because if we're only half-hearted towards something, we will not successfully bypass or step over the opposition. Half-heartedness does not reach the finish line at at maximum capacity. You know, we have to be wholehearted. Amen. So um, it's important that we, that we see these words earnestly. And then we see the word contend. That means that there's, there's opposition, not from God. When we're contending, we're not contending with God or against God in something, but against opposition, against circumstances, against the flow of this world, against wrong thinking. And making sure that we're not trying to have a faith mixed with unforgiveness, a faith that's mixed with offense, a faith that's mixed with worry, because all of those things will have a negative effect on the, on our faith and the flow of our faith. And so we earnestly contend. And so anything we know that would hinder our faith, injure our faith, weaken our faith, we don't touch it. We do not permit anything in our life that would hinder our faith. Amen. It's so important that we protect our faith. You know, you have to think before we get into an argument with a spouse or family members or on the job, say, do I want to, do I want my faith to suffer 
just so I can have this right. argument. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> because if we do something carnally, something naturally, something that is going to put the natural and the carnal side up top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to push the spiritual down to the bottom. Yeah. And we can't have our faith on bottom. Our faith has to be right up front. Yeah. Our faith has to be on the edge yeah. of our life. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning we're not going, where is my faith? No, we keep it. We, we, we're, we're, keep, we're learning to be skillful with it. And we're, we're ever ready with our faith. Ever ready, a faith that's ready, and um, that's that's where we can. That's where the sweet life is. Amen. Is having our faith ready. Why? Because by faith we cooperate with God, but we conduct business with heaven. Amen. So just know this: there's opposition to our faith. That's why we have to contend and say, "I'm not going to let something rob me of my faith." Anything, any teaching, any doctrine, any way of thinking, anything that, because we've all been taught different things of the past, but anything we've been taught that weakens our faith, robs us of faith, diminishes the truth of faith. Anything that belittles it, we don't have anything to do with. That's right. That's right. Because we need our faith. Amen. Uh, We've been looking at Romans chapter four. We invite you to get your Bible. And follow along with us. Take notes because we want you to, we want you to take note of what God says to you and what God quickens to you by his spirit. Romans chapter four and verse 17, we'll start reading. God was speaking about Abraham and um, it reads, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. So this is what God said about Abraham that was already an accomplished fact, already an accomplished truth in his realm. He says, I have already planned this and completed this and accomplished it on my side. He says, I have already made you this, a father of many nations. Now, when he said this, Abraham didn't have a child. So God is not talking based on our realm. He's talking to us based on his realm. So why? Because he wants us to live with his realm dominating instead of the natural realm dominating. And so he tells us what is true and already accomplished in his realm because we can't see that realm, but he does. We trust what he sees. And we trust what he says about the truth of his realm. And we say, God, you said it. That's enough for me. I don't have to see your realm manifest in this realm before I'll believe what you say about that realm. Amen. So he says, I've already made thee a father of many nations. Although Abraham's realm didn't show that. God's realm did. And so he says, before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead. Now, we can, listen, we could live here for weeks probably in these verses right here as we take these apart. But notice this, God who quickeneth the dead. Just because things look dead to you doesn't mean they can't live again. Whether it's finances, whether it's relationships, whether it's a business, whether it's a limb, whether it's an organ, whether it's something of your body, whether it's something... Of, of, of the plan of God for your yeah. life. Yeah. 
because people will say, and the devil will say, you know, you've missed, you've missed God so much, that thing cannot be recaptured. Well, he quickens the dead. If it's dead, it qualifies for a quickening. I said, if it's dead, it qualifies for a quickening to be made alive. That's what quickens me, makes it alive. So don't count yourself out of what God already counted you in for. Amen. Amen. Even God who quickeneth the dead, he makes alive that which you thought. And really, just because we can't make it live doesn't mean he can't make it live. Amen. So God who quickens the dead, he quickens the dead. You can talk to body parts that haven't been working and say, God quickens this. God quickens. Tell it. Tell it that. God quickens what is dead. It might look like financially you're, you can't recover. God quickens that. Quickening is not needed for what's already living. It can keep what's living going, but it's most glorified. God's quickening power is most glorified when it reaches what's dead because it changes what's dead into something living. Amen. And so Abraham believed this. God, whatever is dead, God's power can make it alive. Now we see that with his own son after he had Isaac. Now I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. We'll come back to this. But this is what when God told Abraham to offer up his his son, remember, as a sacrifice, he fully intended to do it. And um, he had a several day journey to get to the mountain where God told him to offer up his son. You know, the devil's working on his head the whole time. His son doesn't know what has transpired between God and his and Abraham. But Abraham knows what God has said. Abraham fully knows what he intends to do when he gets at that mountain. He starts carrying out that act and he was so certain He was so set on obeying God that when God called, he had to call more than once Uh to get him to stop. Abraham wasn't going, are you sure? Are you sure? The whole time he was, he would, he had settled it. And God had to call more than once. Abraham, Abraham, (laughs) that's how set he was. That was a good thing about Abraham, right? Why did Abraham, why was he so set? on offering his son because you think, my goodness, that's dramatic. Yes, that's dramatic. It's because he believed something. Over in Hebrews, it tells us what he believed. It says he believed God would raise him from the dead. He was going to obey God and make the sacrifice, but he believed that's not the end of it. (laughs) Then God's going to quicken the dead. Amazing, amazing that he, that's what he believed. That's why he was so certain about what he was going to do is because he knew that him making the sacrifice wasn't the end, that God would then have a part and God would raise him back up and give him back to Abraham because that's what God did with his own son. Amen. Yeah. Jesus permitted himself to be killed. They couldn't have done it without his permission. 
Because he said, don't you know I can call legions of angels and, my, and they'll deliver me right now. So it was only by permission, divine permission, that Jesus was offered as a sacrifice. But then God demonstrated he quickens the dead. He raised his son. Amen. Abraham believed that without ever having seen that happen. He had never seen anyone raised from the dead. But he believed what he had never seen before. I don't care what you have or have not seen God do. You can still believe what you need from God. Even if you've never seen him work it for somebody else, you can still believe God will do something for you you've never seen him do for someone else. That's what Abraham's faith believed. He did. Amen. Whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead. He believed that. Yes. Uh, he believed God who quickens the dead. And because he believed God, this is the action that Adam, um, that Abraham took and called those things, which be not as though they were. He believed something. And because he believed, he called. called. Notice he didn't call to try to get him to believe. He believed. And because he believed, he called. Now, You say, well, Pastor Nancy, I'm struggling with believing some of the things. I know the word says it, but it doesn't seem real to me. Start calling it. It will affect your believing. And then once you believe it and call, then the the manifestation will come. Dad Hagen used to say it to us this way. You can school yourself into faith by what you say. Mm -hmm. When your mind is struggling... When, you're, when doubt is trying to, uh, if I could say this, displace your faith, uh-huh. that you can start talking what you might even not fully believe, but he, Jesus said you'll have whatsoever you say it. He didn't say you'll have whatsoever you believe. He said you'll have whatsoever you say it. Start saying. It will help you in your believing. But once you believe and say, my goodness, now you got manifestation time. Amen. So it says here that he called those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. Look at this, according to that which was spoken. Faith can only work when there's revelation. Faith requires revelation to work, meaning faith has to know what God said. You have to know what God's will is. You have to know what is God saying to you because when you know what he says, then you've got something to hook your faith to. I'm hooking my faith to what he said, not to what I feel, not to what I see, but to what he said. Amen. Amen. Faith is dealing with words, words, words. Our faith is dealing with words. God says something and we say those words are true. Now, um, whenever I'm faced with a situation, you know, God's word is his general instruction to all of his people. Yes, yes. But there are some specifics about our life that the word doesn't spell out. Uh-huh. Now, there's truths that support, yes. but it won't spell out details, yes. so to speak. God said he'd supply all of our need. Yes. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, he's speaking there to the one who's, who has a lifestyle of sowing. Yes. He says that, but that scripture doesn't spell out what job for you 
to take. Right. It doesn't spell out which house to buy. It doesn't spell out which city you're to live in. Yeah. Yet there's the truth that God will supply all your needs. See, that's a truth. Yeah. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit will take that truth and then he will speak the specifics of what your life needs based on that truth. So uh, whenever I'm faced with a situation and I need to know some specifics, yes, I know God will supply my needs, but I need to know which house to buy, which city to live in, what arm of ministry to address. If I need to know specifics, I know God will supply that because he said he'd supply all my needs. And it's not just a financial need. He'll supply a need for every arena, every arena. So what I take time to do is say, Holy Spirit, you know the mind of the Father. You know the plan. So I'm going to take time to hear what you know about the Father's plan. And I'll take time to pray in the Spirit. I'll take time to wait on God. Why? Because I've got to hear what God says about the specifics. Why? Because I can only believe according to what's spoken. I've got to know what he's saying about that situation. Meaning this, I don't just ramrod my way through a situation. I take time to hear what the spirit of God is saying to me because he knows the mind of God. The spirit of God is not authoring something of his own and speaking it to us. He takes what God says and he makes that known to us. So that's why I don't just, even when I'm believing God for something, if I know, for example, let's say, um, let's say healing. I know healing belongs to me. I don't just start randomly grabbing healing scriptures. I look to the spirit. Holy Spirit, I look to you to quicken his word to me. Quicken means make alive. See, that verse has to become a living thing to me before I can spend it. I can't spend what's dead to me. It's got to be alive to me. It can't just be something in my mind. It's got to be alive on the inside of me. And the spirit of God many times will breathe. He'll just bring one scripture to you. And that thing will come alive. You know what I mean. You've no doubt had that at different times. That verse comes alive to you. And there's revelation with that. It just seems to speak truth to you in a particular way. It stands up. I'm not talking about you, you you had a vision or you heard a voice. I'm talking about that thing just came alive to you. That's what I do. I look to what verse comes alive. I don't just start randomly grabbing verses. Now see, it's, 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 now don't misunderstand me. When you know what the word says, you can take the word as long as it's a living thing to you and start applying it. But I always look to the Holy Spirit because I might grab 14 verses out of the knowledge of the word. But if I grab one that the spirit breathes on, The letter of the law kills, but the spirit gives life. The spirit breathes on something. And he says, this is what is going to suit your need and meet you at where you're at in your faith today. You see, he counsels us based on where we're at today, spiritually, where our faith is at today, spiritually. So that's why um, I want to hear 
what is God saying to me by his spirit about my particular need? When I have a quickening, when something, and I'm not talking about hearing a voice. Don't, don't, don't yes, over-spiritualize yes. this. Yes. Don't think you got to have a prophecy or something dramatic or spectacular. Just something that bears witness yes. with your spirit. It seems like this verse holds something for me at this circumstance that I'm facing. Then what I do is I focus on that. I hook my faith to it. Now, don't misunderstand me. I may feed on other verses, but I'm going to make that one my lead verse. I'm going to go keep going back to that verse because the Holy Spirit seemed to quicken that thing to me. This is what we see that Abraham believed according to that which was spoken. Yes, the word is God speaking to us, but the spirit of God will also speak something of God's word to us. The word of God is vast. It's vast. And if you're going to just pick a verse on your own, uh, you may or may not, uh, if I could say this, go for the one that suits you best in that at, at where you're at. That's right. But the Holy Spirit, His counsel, yes. His guidance yes. is yes. always right on target. Always. Right on target. Yes. So since He's the counselor in me, mm-hmm. since He's the guide yes. in me, I'm going to even look for His guidance and His counsel as to what verse should I stand on? What verse should I stand on? What one is going to suit where I'm at today in my spirit with my faith? And when he does that and he quickens something to me, just that a certain verse seems to stand up, a certain verse floats up, Uh I grab it. Why? Because now my faith has something to hook on. I'm not just randomly trying Uh to grab Uh something of God's word. I'm grabbing something that's quickened to me. And when it's alive to me, it does a living work. Amen. So it says that Abraham, that he believed according to that which was spoken. That is so key. Now, we remember when we read about Abraham's life that when God told him to leave his family and told him that he was to journey to a land that God was going to give him, he took his nephew Lot with him because he was acting as father, so to speak, in the life of Lot. Um, Even though Lot was with Abraham, God did not say this to Lot. Lot could not have claimed, I'll be the father of many nations. See, you you have to know what's God saying to you about the plan for your life. The word and our redemption of what belongs to us in Christ belongs to all of us, but there are specifics about your life that only belong to you. And you've got to know what he's saying to you so your faith has something to hold on to. That's right. Faith magnifies what God says. Period. Faith just holds to what God says. Well, you don't want to miss it. Next time I tell you, we're just scratching the surface here. And, And I keep saying that, but it's true. You don't want to miss upcoming episodes. And if you missed previous ones, go back and watch them. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. 
The timeless truths in this book, Answer It, reveal how to answer every opposition and the steps to take to exit times of testing. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Tulsa, Oklahoma at The Rock Church, April 16th through the 20th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.